Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Chantel Cleath, who is with Imagine Media. We're going to talk about social media today, and this is something I don't believe I've had anybody on the show that go into deep detail on this. You're going to learn techniques for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. She has a company where they work on basically helping people build their brand awareness, build a following, and they do social media. That's who they are. So there's great techniques in there. A lot of things that I'm going to use in my own business, what different tools to use, how to build a following, how to interact with your audience, and actually speak to your audience, how to make it so you don't look like you're salesy. You're actually showing your credibility and your brand focus. I mean, you know who your target market is. You speak to them through images, videos, everything. On their team, they even have a video, or not a videographer, but a photographer that takes pictures of all this content to use just for that platform. There's a lot of great tips in here. I would highly suggest anybody that has a company to listen to this so you can understand how to really interact with your audience with social media. Most people have no idea how it even begins. There's going to be a lot of things in here that you'll know. And as you know, I'm very active on social media and I even learned some things. So it's a great show. You're not going to miss it. So let's jump right into it. Let's learn how to blow up your social media page with Chantel. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Chantel Cleef. Chantel, how's it going? It's good, Brandon. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to have you on the show. And this is a topic we haven't really covered on our show yet. I'm surprised. It's, it's talking about Facebook, talking about social media, and how to succeed with it, which is the number one question. I mean, today's day and age, everybody's promoting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. A lot of people just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to get a following and how to actually monetize on that following. So first, I want to start off, I want to hear your story, where you got started and how it led you to your company today? Uh, great question. Well, um, I think it started, you know, since I was super little. I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Dad was an entrepreneur. Uncle's an entrepreneur. So very, very early on, it was instilled in me that I should want to work for myself uh, for a variety of reasons. But I was the geeky little girl in the neighborhood that would plan all of the you know, neighborhood barbecues and get-togethers and um, Halloween decorating bike contests. So started very early on kind of creating different businesses from newsletters in the neighborhood um, to turkey trots for Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so yeah, very consistently kind of always something, keeping my hands busy. Um, and then I moved to Chicago when I graduated. Um, I studied entrepreneurship in school and had to write a business plan when I was there. And I knew I wanted to be in Chicago, so I actually wrote a plan for wedding planning. Um, so I'd already researched the space, the competitors, when I was in school, and then moved there and kind of jumped right into that. So to kind of pay the bills, though, I was working at a hotel in corporate events, 
um, doing wedding planning on the side and also bartending. Wow. And got to a point where, you know, the wedding business was starting to sustain itself, quit the hotel job, continued bartending just for the stability, um, and continued with the wedding planning company. Um, I It's super cold up there if you haven't been already. Um, <laughs> but I moved to Atlanta three years ago with the intent to open a second branch of the wedding planning company. Yes. It's a great market, closer to family. Um perfect for this space. But when I was here, um, I was craving pie, which I guess I contribute to my sweet tooth. Um, yeah, so I was craving pie and I stumbled across a company called The Pie Shop here in Atlanta. Um, and first in instinct was to check out her Facebook page. And I wasn't sure if she was open. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if she was open. What customer? I saw customers interacting, but no one was responding. So I was super hesitant to drive all the way there across town to find out. Yeah. Um, so it kind of started to spark some ideas of okay, you know, our generation and older are going to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to learn more about a business prior to purchasing. Um, so it started to spark some ideas. A couple weeks later, I ended up driving by her her shop, um, met the owner, and. Um, just at that time, kind of pitched the idea like, hey, can I please handle your social media sites? You have a wonderful product um, and you need to be engaging with your customers online. And as a business owner, she was like, yes, please. I don't have the time, the bandwidth. I have no clue of what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And you've seen success on your wedding planning sites. So yes, please. So do it. Um, and then within the first couple of months, we actually got two Facebook notifications through her site of who's managing your social media I need help with mine as well. So light bulb moment that there's a need and a niche and a problem to be solved and you absolutely. witness that and you're like, I'm gonna jump on it. Yep. Wow, that's awesome. So you, you got your first client obviously, and then from there, how did you build it up further? Uh, it's actually been very organic. Um, really? We didn't put a business plan together for the social media site, so it was, we're learning on the fly quite a bit. Um, but. The majority of our clients out of the 27 that we have have all been referral with the exception of two. So we've built this company on amazing customer service. Um, we have wonderful account representatives that do an awesome job maintaining those relationships. So for a referral, do you give me a, a idea how this works? So basically you give them obviously great service, mm -hmm. but do you ask them to just say, hey, can you tell me five friends that would be interested in this service? Or do they just tell people because you guys are so good at it? Yeah, uh, we've been very fortunate. Again, they've just told people. We did a program last year where we sent out just an email to all of our clients and said, okay, well, if you refer us, you know, we'll do X number of extra posts or a few more deliverables. But um, by no means have we put together a more formal, like, hey, we need your lead list. Send us your stuff. They're just being kind of our brand advocates from the work that we've done for them. And you guys are a true startup then. I mean, you've bootstrapped. You haven't really spent money on marketing to get your name out there. You've just been showing how awesome your work is and then going from there. Definitely. So how far in until you brought more people on? So it was you at first, correct? And then who else joined you? I mean, was it you for a while just doing all this yourself? And then you tell me that process of you guys building. Yeah. So from May 2013 to October, it was just myself. Um, and in that time frame, we had scaled to 10 clients and uh, it's actually not a strength of mine at all, but content creation is not something I'm strong in. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I realized that and it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I need to start to delegate some of those tasks to other people. Um, one of the clients, the one of the two people that I mentioned are the exception was one that I cold called and just walked in and met the team and pitched the idea. And um, one of the employees mentioned, oh, I have a family friend. She's kind of my niece. She's looking for a job. She just graduated. Do you need the help? Yeah. So it was kind of perfect timing, perfect place scenario. Um, but Margo joined in October of 2013. And then from there, um, it's, again, been a little bit of an organic process of figuring out how much each um, you know, account manager can handle and then when we need to scale and bring on another person. So you're at four people now, right? Correct. Now, are they full-time? Are they subcontractors or how full-time? Wow. Mm -hmm. So you guys, do you just sit in one room and you're yeah. all you're like computers up? It looks like a, a regular startup. <laughs> yeah. So we're, it, we probably kind of look antisocial from the outsiders because we're always on our phone or our computer, not really speaking, just posting. But yeah, um, yeah we're in a really awesome co-op space called Industrious, which is popping up all over the world. But yeah. we have our own door. Um, it's a four-person office, but we scram in five to six when we have some interns come in. So it's definitely shared, tight space. That's nice. You have, yeah. you have interns on too. We do. Yeah, we have a freelance writer, a freelance digital person that's helping with the advertising. And then we have an internship program. So we're currently hiring for two internship positions. Okay, I have two interns myself right now, which it makes life easier. And I mean, they're doing great. When you can get yeah. people like that on board, I mean, it's perfect mm -hmm. for the situation. So if I were to go start a social media company, what key components would I need for uh, people that work in it? A creative writer? Uh, yeah. What backgrounds? So we're the whole job description thing is definitely something we've been refining. We're looking for people who are motivated, um, pretty self-sufficient and, and quick learners, but also people that excel in writing, have a creative eye. Um, so right now we have content creators who are managing the accounts and client-facing, and then we have a wonderful photographer, which has really set us apart from the competition. We have a photographer on staff that can capture all the assets for a team. So that photographer takes pictures of other, like actually takes pictures of yeah, different so things of the product or whatever service you're providing? Absolutely. So we'll... For our local clients, we'll actually go into their store and set up a photo shoot with models and props, and she wow. captures the assets for the entire month of our content. Um, yeah, it's been super beneficial. And then for the clients that are you know away, they send us product, and we can again put together those photo shoots for them. Wow, where yeah. have you been my whole life? <laughs> I mean, I I have the camera, I have all that, and I just do that, but I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it takes a lot of time to curate each piece. I mean, if you're posting on Instagram one to two times per day, you have to come up with this content somehow. So I think that's where our photography packages really come in help. Come so in when you're view. looking for pictures, I mean, are you just looking, because obviously you take pictures with your own camera of mm -hmm. the product or everything else, but when you're actually looking for stuff online, how do you come up with, uh, I guess the articles, some people do articles or yeah. things that capture attention. You're not actually promoting your product, but you're giving them things that are related to it. How do you find that content? Um, well, I, that kind of goes into the 80-20 rule we try and apply for all of our clients. A big part of what we do and what we, we pride ourselves on is really truly trying to build those relationships for our clients online. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with many Facebook pages that are sales, 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 super pushy. Oh, I know. Yeah, and it's not genuine. So 
we have the 80-20 rule, 80% not at all um, encouraging the brand. I mean, there might be slight placement, product placement in that, but it's not like, hey, buy our product. We've got an awesome sale. Um, and then the 20% is a little bit more brand focused. So for that 80%, you really want to just um, establish yourself as the expert in that space. Uh -huh. And to first kind of dive in a little bit further into the strategy. So who is your target market? Where do they shop? Where do they eat? What do they buy? What are their purchase habits? Um, to really try and dive into that character you're trying to portray online. Um, and then that's kind of where the content creation starts to come in. So to answer your question on where we're finding these great articles, you really first have to dive into um, who is going to be reading them and what do they want to read. Like, do they want to see a cooking article? Do they want to just see a great brunch picture? Or do they want to see, um, you know, an article on health and fitness? So you really have to kind of first see that because then there are so many resources where you can dive in to find the actual content for that. So you actually got to sit down with your client and, I mean, figure out who the exact target market is. Yeah, there's a very extensive onboarding process. Um, ideally, it would take two weeks for us because we'd love to have more time, but for for speed, um, clients specifically kind of like the one week time frame. So we send them the questionnaire and they have to really dive into, okay, why do you do what you do? What makes you continue to want to do what you're doing? Um, what is that brand voice? What are keywords to use? What are keywords not to use? What are blogs you like? What is your day to day? So they go through this extensive questionnaire up front so we can really try and capture that voice, um, which is a large part of what we do. I think, you know, there are many other social media agencies um, or interns or people overseas that can put up content for you, but if they can't capture the voice and they can't speak on your behalf, it's not effective. No, I love it. I mean, I, just the fact that you do the questionnaire to go through that process to figure mm -hmm. out exactly who that the audience is, because otherwise you're speaking to what, everybody? You need to speak to your direct avatar. Absolutely. And it's tough sometimes. I mean, there are definitely companies that are started with money in mind and okay I just want to be out there just start doing it and we have to reel them back in and say okay you need to put the time into this up front or, or you're going to fail and we're going to fail at what we're doing which is not the partnership we want to have. 100% agree. So we went through that process of actually onboarding with that person. You said roughly a week it takes to get through the client to see everything about them I and mean, how many hours of actual work does that consist of for uh, the client itself? The client is probably um the questionnaire might take two hours. Yep. Um, they also have to collect all the, the uh, credentials, login credentials, and a lot of oftentimes either they don't have those sites already or someone created them and then they don't know the passwords. So there might be another additional hour or two to collect that information. Um, and then there's the hour two meeting with us as well. Okay. So that's just kind of the bare bones. But then on our back end, there's, we're probably putting in 10 to 15 hours that first week really diving in, you know, putting together a really comprehensive strategy that we can present to them in the first meeting. Give me an insight. And you know, everybody wants to get a huge like following. I want a yep. million likes or anything else. How many people actually call you and say, Hey, can we just get like the likes up like that? And, or a huge following? Like, what do you respond to them? And what, what do you do to get that kind of following? Obviously it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And, uh, There'll be a second part of that question, how you feel about the companies that actually give you a huge following overnight. Yeah. But first, go into the detail. Like if somebody, if I say, hey, Chantel, I want you to give me 2,500 2, followers mm -hmm. and Facebook likes in the next month. Can you do it? Go. So a, a big part of what we do, actually, backtracking a little bit, is education. So yep. I, 
I love the KPIs. I love the objectives and goals so we can hold each other accountable. But there's a certain element of, well, why do you want that many? Um, yeah. Will, you know, will those 25, you know, 100 fans actually purchase your product? Or would you rather have 200 that are your brand advocates that are talking about you online, giving you reviews? Um, so it's kind of, again, pulling them back stream of, okay, yes, so many, so many followers look amazing, but but what, what is the core objective in this? What are your sales objectives over the next couple of months? Because then let's figure out some reasonable KPIs. Um, a lot of clients just want to initially buy followers, which is something we, we try and stray them away from. Um, that's also not a genuine way to build relationships or followership. So can somebody, if I came to you and said, I just want to buy a following, can you guys do that? You can. I mean, there's black hat ways to buy 10,000 followers, but it's it's pretty obvious to a consumer or anyone else looking at your brand that those are fake followers. Yeah, so, because nobody likes your stuff. There's no retweets. Like, it's it's yeah. easy to tell. But how, I'm just curious, how does somebody get a following like that, the fake following? Like, what is it the person behind the scenes does to make that happen? To get the fake following? Yes. Well, I... I don't have the answer for that because I don't know their process of creating all of those accounts. Um, I'm sure there's some algorithm that they have to create fake profiles and then they have all of those profiles like the pages. Um, Yeah. And I mean, it's, it just, it blows my mind and you can tell it's fake and people like, okay, they have a huge following mentally. It's like, okay, they're huge following. We want to like them back or whatever. Yeah. But besides that, you're not getting your true market and it's really not helping. Right. And that's also, I mean, that goes into the analytics. So it's going to then be very tough to study your analytics and see, okay, well, where is your target market? Are they male, female, what age group? Because you're going to have very skewed data up front. Um, So again, yes, I get it. The credibility side, when you see something, it's nature to think, oh, I want to be a part of that. Um, But we've seen more success in the organic, um, more calculated growth. So let's talk about a success story you've had. And I know you've mentioned this me before on a different call. Tell me a success story of one of the, the best results you've had with a client for building their following and what kind of time frame that took in the process of doing that. Well, it's been really neat. So each client's very different. Um, you know, we have the opportunity to hop on sales calls with some of our nationwide clients. And so we see a whole robust analytics side and um, case studies and success stories. I think just some of the more local at home success stories make us very happy because, you know, this is their livelihood. These are, you know, we're paying their, you know, we're helping to contribute to their bills and make their, their, their dream a success. Yeah. Um, so it's really rewarding. I think for us when we post something on Instagram, we have a consignment furniture store that's been in business, I think 18, 20 years, um, 18 or 20 years. And when we post a rug, on their Instagram account and it instantly sells when people are purchasing saying, what is the size dimensions? Okay. What's the price? Great. I'm coming to pick it up. That, that feels wonderful for us. Um, and it shows the power of, you know, Instagram and the visual content we're creating from our photographer. Yeah. Um, it's also just neat. One of our larger brands, baby eaters there, they ship nationwide, their children, aviator sunglasses, awesome, awesome company. Um, and to see the ROI, I mean, from what they're spending versus, you know, what they're gaining through the newsletters that we're sending out and, you know, the clicks that we can track through trackable links is, is awesome. So that's not a very definite answer for you, but we've seen a lot of success in various industries. Yeah. So, I mean, could, have you got people a few thousand uh, likes or following uh, in a month oh, yeah. this time? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, again, that, that misconception of the virability, we're creating that, but it's not, um, we had one client we had to tell, okay, you're not going to post something. It's not going to go viral. We have to think, well, what, what content could we create to make it go more viral? Um, but as a startup, that's, that's a whole nother bargain. Now, bargain. Um, what, what does it even mean to go viral? I mean, everybody throws that around. What would be defined as going viral? Um, I don't know. And you're probably more familiar in this space. I actually just saw a, a very interesting um, Indigo campaign with a backpack. Did you see that one? I. What's it called? Um, it was like a backpack shaped as a, as a in a human form. I without getting too detailed. Oh wow! Uh, I, I don't know. You no, know? and it was like synthetic, and it um, resembled something very human, and wow. it went like mashable, and they created this campaign. You'll have to check it out. It would be just yeah. interesting to see how they built it. But yeah, when you get something really weird and different, people are curious, and then. And that's where, like a lot of ads, if people are asking a question in the ad or doing something that just just sparks your curiosity, they're more likely to look at it right. and then obviously share it with their audience. And I think with the variability, I mean, clients are like, okay, well, how can we put a cute cat video into something? And because cat videos are going viral, or you know, how can we create some funny meme that or GIF that you know we can? But then it's going back to, okay, well, what is your strategy and what's the point of that? Like, are you going to you know, your restaurant locally, does going viral actually have any context or um, validity to you? But Yeah, exactly. So looking back into going into more detail, what different programs do you use to do mass posting? So like Hootsuite, Buffer, and uh, programs, what, which one do you favor? And I guess, how does that work for anybody out there that doesn't know that? Some people are still just posting day by day. Yeah. So we started there. We started with Pizza, <laughs> which is a great, um, pretty reasonable pricing-wise scheduling platform. Um, we've now evolved to a program called Sprout Social, which I love. The reporting's um, beautiful, and I think it's easy to read for our customers. Um, it has an amazing way to aggregate all messages that come in. So you have one dashboard as opposed to flipping between multiple Facebook pages to check if any messages or comments have come through. There's just one dashboard where you can stream all of your accounts. Yeah. Because that's another really important element of social media. You have to be engaging. And if customers ask something, nowadays they want the immediate response. So that's a huge part of it. Um, so Sprout Social is amazing for Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Does it? That doesn't allow you to do Instagram though, right? Not yet. So I just, old question. I, I just, I've been doing some posts with our campaign on Indiegogo and with Going in the power editor and you post it has the option for going to Instagram. Mm -hmm. So that literally just from doing from Facebook allows you to post right to Instagram as well directly. So what you'll receive on your phone as a pop up notification when you've scheduled that Hootsuite, you'll still have to log into that Instagram account. It's like a push notification, so it doesn't automatically get scheduled in. Um, it once you open the app, everything will pop up, but you still have to log in and log out. And so for agencies that are managing multiple accounts, it's not it really not cutting a step out by any means because you still have to is it. it is there a program out there that allows you to schedule it where it goes consistently for Instagram? Yes. So um I don't want to like red flag them by any means because Instagram still hasn't released their APIs necessarily. So they're still kind of evolving. But there's a really great platform we just started to explore three weeks ago called Schedulegram. Yes. Um which it's awesome so far. And um, I spoke with one of the representatives, and they actually have 
as their client base builds, their iPad, um, I don't know, their iPad collection builds because they only have a certain amount of count per iPad to make sure that they can abide by all the regulations. So Schedulegram is a good one for Instagram. Um, and then Tailwind is really great for Pinterest. Tailwind. Okay, Pinterest yeah. is something I'm still learning on. I have one of our interns working on that now. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to keep track of all the social media outlets. Mm-hmm. And that comes a good question. Which one do you think is the most beneficial uh, for marketing? Um, well, we've seen the, the biggest ROI for Instagram. Um, but I think that's largely because, of, because most of our clients are B2C in food and beverage retail or e-commerce. So a little bit more product-based, um, which translates really well to creating wonderful visuals. Um, I, think Insta- I think people are bombarded with words every day, so that's where, again, Instagram comes into play. Pictures, um, yes. Yeah. Vi- and- what about videos? I mean, how do you feel? I mean, that's probably it's going to become videos as the main thing, short videos. So videos, it's not really an option anymore to not do videos on Facebook at least. Um, they're definitely rewarding pages that are incorporating videos live right into the stream as opposed to linking from YouTube or any other offsite. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Facebook's, or excuse me, videos are great. Um, it's definitely all of the platforms are becoming pay-to-play. Um, you know, if you jumped in at the beginning you saw the organic reach but now you definitely have to put some time and money into being seen there is it takes a lot of time that's why I like it anymore for anything i do i just need to have somebody else do it because it takes a lot of time if you want to save money for knowing there is really not much organic anymore yeah and so i want to go through the process if you were going to create a social media strategy strategy mm-hmm. for me what would that look like and then also uh, what is your strategy going into the power editor? And some people listening won't even understand what that is. You go in the power editor and you actually specifically target your specific market mm-hmm. and then you check and see what the click rate through is, what percent, like is it 20 cents per click, whatever. Kind of go through that process so people listening can understand what that is. Yeah, well, I think there's kind of three components to building the strategy. The first is the consistency side of things. Um, I think another misconception is it happens overnight. And so you have to go into your strategy knowing that you're going to have to be consistent and test and trial a few things. Um, so that's kind of step one of the strategy is, okay, let's consistently try, you know, maybe these three types of different posts and see how they perform. Um, the second part is within the strategy, um, diving in again to that customer. Who is your customer? What do they want to see? What do they want to read? And thinking the other... Let me back up, sorry. I think that people think that they need to be on every social media site to be effective. Yeah. And and you don't. Um, You have to figure out where your target market is. What are they, what what is the age group? Because that kind of skews what social media sites I would suggest as well. Um, So when we were sending proposals to clients, we're not going to suggest, you know, Instagram per se for maybe a a B2B company that, yeah, yeah, is a service. So, um it's a lot of just kind of open discussion of let, let's look at some competitors. Let's see what they're doing. We want to stay ahead of them. So what can we be doing better? Um, so there's a lot of components of the strategy and I'd be happy to send you kind of yeah lines that might be helpful for you. So w- another thing, and this is a problem I used to have. So when you go in the power editor and you're targeting a market, mm-hmm. it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it, it is not beneficial when you target like three different groups at once because you really can't measure which one's actually getting your attraction. So 
you guys, you do you just pick one specific niche in that? Like let's say I'm targeting entrepreneurship. I just pick entrepreneurship and I don't do entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneur magazine, uh, this, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is that what you found to be successful to see in one niche and then if that works – Go with it. Otherwise, go to the next one so you can actually measure your success. Yeah. So we, um, our digital guru who's working on it right now would probably be more apt to answer that question, but we optimize. So once we've set up an ad, we're, you're still able to adjust and see how things are performing. Um, we typically run flights for one to two weeks, kind of with a higher budget to, and then throughout that week, we're checking on a daily basis. Okay, well, you know, this isn't reaching you know a wide audience. Let's kind of refine some of those things, take some of those specifications um, off. But yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that again, that goes into the strategy. So testing a few components each time you go and seeing what's work, what works best. What would you think would be uh, the biggest mistakes most people make when they're doing their own social media content on different pages? And what do you see your clients that make or before you take them on? <laughs> well, I mean, I think hashtags is a very interesting um, thing that a lot of our older clients at least don't understand or have any concept of. So they think, okay, let's just add the hashtag fun and cute and um, hot. I, I don't know. I mean, they're just adding words that are by no means contributing to their success on social media. Um, when they post. And, it, and it's kind of obvious. Sometimes they'll want to get online and feel like they're contributing and post something as well. Um, so I think biggest mistake that some of our clients make is they're not studying, you know, the ones that we're not handling. They're not studying when's the best time to post, which is also you can find in the analytics portion. Um, so they might be posting at 8 a.m., but if they looked into the analytics, their customers are actually online at 8 p.m., and it makes all the difference. Um, so that's one pretty big mistake that I think a lot of customers make is just kind of blind, like I'm going to attack it and do everything and do nothing very well. What What is the best time to to post? I mean, what is the ideal time? I mean, I've thought I've knew different times, but what is it? So it varies per industry. So there's not one cookie cutter answer for you, but um, we found Wednesdays have high success rate. Um, Wednesday? Why Wednesday? Wednesday. Hump yeah. day. Yeah, I guess maybe that's it. <laughs> Put a picture um, of a camel and say hump day. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, Wednesday. And, and then kind of thinking, okay, when are you online as a consumer? Are you online before you go to work? Are you online during lunchtime because you've got some time? And do you flip online or Pinterest or Instagram when you're headed to bed? So it's kind of kind of thinking of, of that as well. And applying, okay, well, when am I online and when am I looking for something? And then how can I apply that to the post that I'm creating? When is the majority of the market online if you're going to look overall? Um, I would say between 1 and 6 p.m. 1 and 6 p.m. I, I was, yeah, I was going to say uh, between 4 and 7 was kind of the, yeah, what I've always thought and I've heard before. Because, I mean, people are getting off work, and that's mm -hmm. when they're kind of looking at stuff. Now, if you're like me, when I'm working, a lot of times I'm on the computer all day. So it's kind of hard to judge what that would yeah. actually be. Yeah. And, again, I mean, if you're targeting, let's say, um, women moms, they might be on super early and super late. And maybe that middle window, not at all. And that's just a generalization. But you really have to dive into kind of who your target market is and what are their trends and where are they, you know, again, back into that customer character profile. Okay. So I want to go and you might've covered this a little bit, but creating content that builds relationships. Mm -hmm. How do you actually build a relationship with your audience where you're not just, 
I mean, sales, 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 push, right. push, push. And you said the 80-20, encourage, 80% encourage brand and showing your expert. And then the 20 is actually brand focus. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get that relationship with them? And you make it where it's not salesy and it's actually fun for people to follow you and want to buy from you. There's a lot of different ways. Um, Customer service is a huge element of that. So if someone comments and has any review or any positive or negative, you have to respond back. Um, So kind of that's creating that open dialogue for them. You know, we suggest taking it offline after that initial first interaction, but showing them that you care and you value their feedback. Um, also jumping in on conversations. So check trending hashtags that are going on each day. Are they relevant? Could you jump in on that conversation and assert yourself as the expert on that specific topic? Um, I would also say to kind of build those relationships, we have a really great program called the band, like brand ambassador, creating a brand ambassador program. Um, so, you know, we throw these campaigns to, okay, become one of our brand ambassadors, show us a picture or, you know, tag a friend and, Um, then we're creating these brand reps, you know, worldwide that are essentially speaking on your behalf, posting on your behalf, um, and creating a community around everything. And so then you can show by commenting on their pictures, you know, wonderful picture. Thanks so much for sharing. Like just being present, I think in your space, as opposed to just, I, you know, I push something out on Facebook, I'm done for the day. No, like dive a little bit further into Facebook and what are people saying about, you know, the weather that day, I mean, that's a horrible example, but what are people saying about, um, you know, maybe there's a celebrity that's wearing the sunglasses. How can you get engaged in that conversation? So do you have your, uh, your coworkers? I mean, are they literally just commenting on these pages all day? Yeah. So again, that's the strategy side of things. So a big part is the content curation, um, and what we do. And then once those are scheduled in, we have to make sure that once that gets published, you know, we're commenting and we're engaging. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely part of our daily task list to kind of see what the industry is talking about, respond to comments and questions, and um, try to jump in on conversations. I say that's the tough thing. I mean, and people yeah. want to answer right away. They mm-hmm. do. They're really, they're like, if they don't get answered in five minutes. They're like, what's going on? Where, where's my response, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you've been in this industry for how long now? Two and a half years. So, so well, tell so, me, two and, two and a half years? Within this business. But for the wedding planning company, I had social media sites for that company in, in particular and realized the value pretty early on from the content that we were posting. So I want to hear in the, over the last two and a half or let's say three years, how you've seen uh, the change in social media. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Again, part of our daily kind of check-ins, we all check TechCrunch, Adweek, The Chronicles, any social media related, um, you know, I get Google alerts for Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, because it changes and shifts every day. I just saw something that Pinterest is now um, able to kind of scan the image prior, you know, without any words and know what that image is. So there's there's so many changes that are going on in this space every day. Um, I wouldn't even know where to start. I mean, just from Instagram ads is kind of the biggest buzz that has happened. Um, that's a huge change that now brands can jump on. What about the algorithm? How has that affected? The Facebook algorithm? Yeah. It's like a black hole. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it's you have to be very um, in tune with what you're doing. And again, those best times to post. Can you tag other brands in that post? Um, what will get a reshare? And what's interesting is just saying, 
tweet this if you like it or like our, you know, using those kind of buzzwords when people are prompted to share, they'll actually do it, which is a little bit mind boggling, but it's just by using some keywords. So the, your algorithm question, um, it's definitely changed the organic reach, but it's made us more in tune, I guess, from an advertising standpoint of how to get in front of those people. And that's why, because I mean, I've seen over, let's say a year and a half ago when I was doing a campaign, we had so much organic. <clears throat> I remember a crowdfunding campaign we did. I think we spent 800 bucks on it for just boosting posts on Facebook. Okay. And we had reached close to, I think, a million people throughout the campaign. Well, now that's not touchable. Right. And so what have they done with Facebook? Have they just basically made it where organic, that you have to actually pay directly for reaching your audience? And if you actually target your, I mean, really, if you target your niche audience, that's how you get organic? Yeah. Um, well, there's also some, you know, clever ways. So Facebook rewards business pages that, um, again, share video straight to their page as opposed to linking to an offsite. I think what they're trying to do is kind of keep everyone on their site for as long as possible. So how how can you, when you're creating content, do that and show Facebook that you're, you know, you want people to stay on Facebook as opposed to go to a link offsite. Um, so that helps a little bit with organic reach. And that's where the hashtags come in. And again, with the sharing. So it's not completely the same as it used to be, but you know, things that are liked and commented and shared more often than not, those will be seen organically in a news feed um, more favorably than ones that are not. Well, you've clearly gave a lot of great content. I know some things that I'm going to use in my own business or I'll just hire you. That'll make it a lot easier. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so before we go, I want to go through a quick uh, couple questions. First off, what would be your top three tips that you would give to anybody out there for helping them with social media? Uh, three tips. So strategy, first and foremost, consistency, second, and then execute and evolve. So consist, uh, consistency was the second one. So strategy, first one, um, develop that strategy. Put time into really analyzing competitors and knowing your space before you blind try and do everything. Um, consistency. So test and trial and, and try a few th do different things. Um, and that's where the kind of the evolve, the third tier went in. So study those analytics and see what people are engaging with, what they're liking, what they're not liking. And, um, and then the other tier was the execute. So find when are the best times to post um, and do that. Good stuff. Yeah. What would be your favorite book that you would suggest to other young entrepreneurs? Um, I, ooh, I have so many favorite books, to be honest. Um, you name a few. Okay, well, I, I always go back to this one, and it's, it's probably one of the most widely um, commented. But I really like How to Win Friends and Influence People. Boom. Yeah. Good book. I think it from a leadership standpoint, um, I try and read it on a yearly basis just to kind of remember, okay, well, this is how you can, you know, inspire people and motivate. And I think it really helps in, again, building those client relationships with our customers, but then, you know, online for their customers, which is a large part of what we do. So I think I'm going to stick with that one. Um, but damn, damn good book. Anybody yeah. out there listen to it, and especially, I mean, in sales or just in life, Yeah, you need to read it. I also, the Success Magazine. Do you subscribe to that? I don't, but I should. I I have that in Entrepreneur, uh, the Entrepreneur Magazine, but I really like the Success Magazine. It's a good one. Okay, last thing. What would be your tip to any entrepreneur, not even social media, just in life, mm -hmm. what would be your advice to them? Uh, start with passion. 
I think would be a, a big one. Um, it's not easy, and there is by no means a breeze in the park, and um, you get to go to bed whenever. I mean, this is a full time. You're fully invested. It is your baby. Um, you kind of eat, sleep, and breathe it. And most of my friends are probably annoyed with me talking about business. Um, so you have to be willing, I think, and happy to do what you're doing, or you're not. I mean, it's just, just blah. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. I, I'm all for that. So where can people find you, Chantel, if they want to contact you or anything with social media? Yeah, website is imaginemediaconsulting.com. They can email me directly at shan, S-H-A-N, at imaginemediaconsulting.com or follow us um, as well. On we'll, any we'll link all that in the notes. And for anybody listening, you need any social media tips or anything, contact Chantel. She, she's got her stuff down, and I'm quite honestly already talking to her about work with her. So it'd be worth your time. So that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. In the meantime, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan T. Adams. Have a great day, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's show with Chantel. I had a lot of fun. If you haven't done so already, please check out our notes at BrandonTAdams.com. We have everything listed there for their social media, their website. You can go to their website, imaginemediaconsulting.com. She is a person to talk to. She knows everything about social media. I think I'm even going to tap into her services. I highly suggest it. And if you haven't done so already, go like her pages, but also go over to Young Entrepreneur Convention, the Facebook page, and like it for us. We have a lot of stuff going on. We just had our big sponsor come on. Zarly Law Firm, they do intellectual property. They came on and they're a big sponsor for our event. Can't thank them enough. If you haven't done so, check out their website and please give them a call if you have any kind of help or you need any kind of help with intellectual property. Personally, me for Arctic Stick, I've had my patent done there. They've done three trademarks for me and we're working on a second patent as well, which I, I love them guys for everything they've done for me. Tim Zarley, the the founder himself, I've worked with him hands-on, and they're a great bunch of people. So please check them out. And again, if you haven't done so, please go to youngentrepreneurconvention.com. Check out everything for our speaker lineup, all the events we have. We just announced we're doing a fashion show, which is awesome. And you can go from there right to our Indiegogo page, pledge to our campaign. If for some reason you can't make it, you can still live stream it. We have that option for you. But I'd love to see you. I want to see you at the event, meet you, and learn about your business or whatever it is you're doing in life. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I am stoked for it. I've been obviously talking about this on my podcast for how many weeks now, but I've been living it. So check all that stuff out. Thank you for everything you do. If you need anything, send me a text, 563-880-8632. Otherwise, you know what time it is. Go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan T. Adams. Have a great day, everybody.